Wise Turtle Speaks is a series of offerings merging philosophy, physics, math, biology, psychology, sociology, education, art, politics, and even love together. We will explore the patterns of our consciousness as it moves through space and time and use those patterns to better understand and solve our problems in all four dimensions of the universe. Namaste! I have a sticker on the back of my computer, my laptop that I bring with me wherever I go to get online, and um, it's uh, it's been rather popular, which is <laughs> somewhat ironic, um, given what it says. But people comment on it and uh, say they like that, like it, and it and it often starts conversations. You know, when I'm sitting in an area that's sort of conversational, like uh, the, the cafe at the Belfast Co-op or sometimes in the library, uh, the, the, uh, the more community-minded libraries as opposed to the, the very uh, quiet and stately state library, um, which actually there, there some people chat in that library as well. But anyway, uh, the sticker says a free society is one in which it is safe to be unpopular. And I got that personally for me as a statement um, in the in some of the little libraries around here in which I am not popular um, to everyone's uh, great disappointment because I I would love to participate and help these libraries be awesome and be amazing. I, I'm the, the community organizer extraordinaire. Um, not necessarily saying that I'm extraordinary in uh, actively being a community organizer, but that I, I am extraordinarily extraordinary in that I want to uh, be a community organizer and I have passion for it and love for it and, and find it joyful as opposed to many of the people around here um, who seem to find it a, a, a either an outlet for their passive aggressive <laughs> tendencies and control freakishness or uh, just that they find it depressing and sad and um, hopeless yet they somehow do it anyway because they feel no one else will do it will do it um, or if I try to do it that something horrible will happen I'm not sure what but anyway that's why I got the sticker but it um, it also expresses an interesting um, explanation of why I have reframed, re-termed uh, Maslow's second level of needs as, which he, which he calls the safety needs, I have re-termed it freedom needs, um, which is something I actually learned, uh, you know, the book, All I Ever Needed to Know, I learned in kindergarten, and then there were a bunch of offshoot books about that one of which was included was all I ever need to know I learned in Star Trek. And um, I did, in fact, uh, thanks to my dad, this is one of the best things he ever gave to me, although I may have probably would have stumbled onto it myself anyway, but um, was watching Star Trek as a little kid. I grew up in the 70s and Star Trek reruns, the original show with Kirk and Spock, the original Kirk and Spock, William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, and so on were um, sort of staples of my media diet as a kid. 
and along with other sci-fi stuff and you know kids stuff uh everything from from batman to uh superman the old old show and obviously batman the old show with adam west um and a lot of those shows were my media diets of my childhood but star trek always held a special place in my heart partly because of my dad but also partly because you know it's just such a brilliant beautiful show um compared to the shows around it and then in the 80s when next generation came on it was definitely for my generation that was definitely something that that gave me philosophical and moral um, cultural insight onto what it means to be a human and and so on so anyway um one of the things i learned in the original star trek this is a thing that has stuck with me till today um and probably will stick with me for the rest of my life was an episode where um I don't even remember the details of this, but there was an episode basically where um, some superior or semi-superior, um, at least in power, uh, I don't know whether I believe it was an alien species, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, could have just been a, a... Yeah, I guess it would have been an alien species. But anyway, um, who knows? It, it was some sort of power... Uh, someone who had a lot more power than than uh, the Enterprise did, at least in some sense, was that they this this guy um, kidnapped some of the crew of the Enterprise and basically enslaved them, but kept them quote happily enslaved. You know, basically they were in a zoo, and they were they were you know sort of performing for the amusement of of this this wealthy superpowered whatever alien human i don't again i don't know what it was um king whatever and and the 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 uh the the reasoning behind this was that um you know they were being taken care of you know they were the, they weren't you know like critters in a zoo um you know they were well cared for and not in a bad zoo it was it was a comfortable zoo it was uh you know stocked with all sorts of wonderful things and they were well fed and healthy and kept warm and comfortable and you know at some point kirk says but we are humans and humans which is interesting and unfortunate that they had to go for the whole human thing because of course all animals are this way um but um, the, uh, the idea is that, that humans need to have freedom. They need to be able to choose their own lives and, and make their own decisions and have the, the choice of, you know, what to do with themselves as opposed to being well cared for. So the, the, the basic understanding was that we, we don't... Um, we don't necessarily want safety as our priority. We want freedom as our priority. Yes, safety is nice, but safety, again, this goes back to the Benjamin Franklin statement of, uh, you know, those who trade a little security for their freedom deserve neither. Of course, I. you, you all deserve both freedom and whatever level of safety you want. I mean, that's part of 
It's part of life. You know, you deserve the best things in life so that you can be your best. Um, but the statement of, of basically Franklin saying that, you know, if you give up your security, um, if you give up, I mean, if you give up your freedom for security or safety, um, that you are actually giving up everything that is important about you. And that was the same thing that the Star Trek episode was saying. And Kirk was saying that, that the freedom is the number one important thing, not the security, not the safety, not the comfort. And you look at also the, uh, and I'm going to massacre this name, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, or Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, um, who is the the uh, the famous psychologist who came up with the term flow, or at least popularized the term flow with his book with the same name, Flow, uh, The Study of Peak Experience, um, I believe is the subtitle or something like that. And in all of these studies of, and, and you can absolutely confirm this with your own, you know, awareness of life, that the most important thing um, to having a good experience, having an enjoyable time, life, project, career, whatever you want to call it, is that it needs to be, um, and there's this wonderful little bell curve um, that I've, I think I'll try to link to, I've got it somewhere on my blog. Um, this wonderful bell curve, which is, uh, shows you on the left-hand side of the little, little graph is, um, boredom. And on the right-hand end, extreme end of the graph is, um, I think danger or threatening or something like that. Um, I can't remember what the exact word is. Uh, oh, over, overwhelming. Um, and in the middle, right between danger, I mean, right between overwhelm and boredom is peak experience. So you want something to be challenging, but not too challenging. You want it to be, obviously, as you know, you want it to be within your realm of ability, but not all the way down at this is so boring. This is so easy. It's boring. Um, and that's, you know, why we like challenge, why we play games. We don't want to do things that are extremely boring all the time. And we don't want to do things that are too dangerous, too challenging, um, too horrifying, too disturbing, too overwhelming in any sense. Um, at least not for very long. We, you know, we like to go a little bit back and forth between those points. You know, sometimes we need to recover. So we want something that's boring. We watch television or something like that to sort of calm ourselves. We watch like a pretty pretty happy comedy or, you know, romantic comedy or whatever. Or we watch kittens <laughs> or whatever, you know, and that's kind of boring. Uh, so that's to recuperate from when we have been a little bit more overwhelmed. Um, but generally for peak experience, you want something in between. And so that is what freedom is about. We don't need security and we don't need pure danger. We need something a little bit in the middle. We need to be able to move back and forth when we need to. We need to be able to be free to accept the more challenging things, the slightly overwhelming things, and then to, you know, pare it back and do the most, more boring things, the more comfortable things when we want. We need that freedom. That is the number one thing. Not safety, not security, but freedom. Now, what I bring this up for is that... Um, We've yet again had another uh, massacre in the United States. 
um, this one people have been saying was a, a terrorist um, Islamic related um, one, but and that was what the that was part of what was claimed by the guy who did it. Um, Sadim, I think was his last name. I can't remember. Um, but anyway, the the one in Florida. I'm talking about the um, the nightclub in Florida where 50 people were just um, killed, or 49 people. I just heard this morning they said 49, and then I heard 51 yesterday. Not entirely sure who's dead. I guess. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it turns out that, um, and I knew this immediately when they said it was a gay club, um, or an LGBT club, that the guy was clearly gay and, uh, was being repressed. And then, and then right after that, I heard, um, I actually read a thing about the father, which is interesting. There's been no mention, no interviews with the father on, on NPR, public radio, um, I had to hear about it from the British news on The Guardian. Um, there was an interview with him and an interview with the parents of his wife. Um, but anyway, it was absolutely 100% clear to me immediately that the guy was homosexual and he was getting his anger out because he was repressed by his parents and by his culture, saying that he's that being gay is wrong and being gay is evil and the gay people, you know, should be judged harshly. And this poor guy was clearly gay. And I knew this well before anyone ever said that, um, anyone ever noted that he'd apparently actually been to that club many times and was on a gay dating app and had tried to date several gay folks and pick them up. Um, well before that, I was like, Oh, it's clear he's gay. And, He's repressing this because this is not a new thing. This is happens all the time. I've even had another podcast episode about this that, that covered this very topic, um, and I'll link to that in my um, in the blog post. Um, but the idea is that that this is a lack of freedom. This is a core need. Maslow identified this. He called it safety, but the idea is actually freedom that is really at that, that second level. It's an output stage. The, uh, the stages of Maslow's hierarchy, um, as I can tell, as I've seen them, um, match up to um, several other, um, like Ken Wilber's uh, Aqual and Spiral Dynamics, all of these things have um, levels of motivation and growth and need, whatever you want to call it. Um, what what drives us humans and, and, and other animals as well. Uh, these, these levels actually go up um, fairly far in other animals. Um, certainly social animals all have the, the basic social needs, which go up to the fourth level of Maslow's hierarchy. Um, but anyway, these, these levels are um, input and output alternating. So the first level is an input level on the first person level. And uh, so that's, that's the basic needs that we need to input into our bodies. Um, Maslow included some outputs in there, including sleep, and sometimes sex gets put in there. Um, but those actually aren't the basic needs. You don't actually need sex to, to stay alive. And you, and you don't actually need things like um, sleep to function um, we do, but we don't. But actually, that goes into the freedom stage. I put sleep in there because um, 
it, it's complicated, but it, it seems like um, sleep is actually an output thing where the, the brain needs to clean itself out. This is the, the most modern um, understanding that I've heard, which actually I heard from Robert Sapolsky, who had a, um, a, a random um, lecture series on CD, uh, audio CD, um, about sleep and dreaming and what it all was. And yeah, the, the modern research, at least part of it, is that one of the big parts of sleep is getting rid of um, the excess just junk that's, you know, the trash, basically, that's in your brain um, that hasn't, it you know, tidies itself up at night. It's kind of like the janitor coming in and sort of sweeping up in the brain. And that's why we, that's one of the reasons why we have dreams is these little pieces of stuff as they're being flushed out, they sort of bump into other stuff and, and sort of trigger things. Um, there are other, other things that happen during dreaming and, and sleep stage that, that happen that are, are not that, but this is part of it. Um, that there's a cleanup stage and that's an output stage, you know, that's waste getting removed. So that's why I say that sleep is a, somewhat better into the freedom category. But so these categories alternate in inputs and outputs. So the first category of basic, absolute basic input needs is, um, you know, the food, the water, the air, warmth, and light, and information. You know, we need the senses, we need stuff to go inside us um, so that we learn, and as well as we need, you know, material stuff and energy to go inside our bodies so that they can actually function. Um, but then the second stage, which Maslow calls safety, and I call freedom, is an output stage. That's the stage where we actually need to move. We need to express ourselves. We need to eliminate waste. Um, so that is that second stage. And this freedom stage is probably the most repressed stage in all of, like, all societies. There are some societies, obviously, that are more expressive than others. Certainly the United States is more expressive um, than, say, the Japanese or the Tibetans or Chinese or, you know, the very, the very repressed or even, even the, the Brits. Um, I mean, that's why we, that's why, you know, the, the early U.S. American settlers, you know, came over here from Great Britain and, and to some extent, some of the other um, uh, European, Northern European and Southern European countries. Um, but especially the Brits that, you know, the, there was there was such repression. There was such controlling um, and, and a lack of sort of the ability to express oneself and to be free. Um, that that's actually what the United States was founded on. However, <laughs> saying that um, the United States is incredibly repressed as far as a culture, as far as you know, social norms are um, when it comes because we have embraced this whole idea of. Um, of money and fame and power as being the goals in life and individualism, uh, sort of the idea of, you know, you're nothing if you haven't, you know, repressed other people. You're nothing if you haven't, you know, been successful in a way that harms other people. Uh, Zero-sum game, as many may call it, you know, this whole monetary system. Um, but even beyond the monetary system, when you go into school, uh, not everyone is supposed to get A's. You know, they actually structure it so that not everyone, you know, comes out of a grade school um, or high school 
uh, junior high or even college, many colleges, not everyone is supposed to come out being, you know, great, and it, which is, of course, insane. Um, and that's actually why, why China tends to be better at academics <laughs> than the United States, because they actually want everyone to be great. They demand everyone to be great, to come out of that school system with A's. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly how the system works, but but it's clear that their goal is actually a far more realistic goal than the United States, in which competition and the zero-sum game, winner-take-all, is the goal uh, where, you know, everything from little kids' games on up to, you know, the presidency, you know, is all about you're nothing, you're not important, unless you are the number one individual in something and in order to get there you have to push push everyone else down in order to elevate yourself and so this this has come to an extreme in in some places uh, more than others but everywhere everywhere all over the world when it comes to humans there is this competitive approach to life and this, of course, restricts freedom because when you're forced to do something that goes against who you are, and we are not competitive, we are social animals, that is absolutely obviously clear in the terminology of what we are. We're social animals. We are social beings. We, we crave being connected with others and collaborating with them, cooperating with them, playing with them, being around them, being a part of a larger community. That is why we call it civilization. Civilization requires that everyone, not requires, but the, the idea of civilization means that we're all working as a group. We're all striving towards a shared goal and working collaboratively. Uh, that is what humanity is about. That is what all social animals about are about. And in order to compete against ourselves, we have to repress that. We have to repress our core humanity. And that creates tension. That creates anger and confusion. That was the term that was used um, about this this unfortunate guy who shot up all the all the other folks with his his assault weapon, machine gun, whatever you want to call it, automatic weapon. Um, they said he was confused. It was yes, of course he was confused. He was gay, and he was brought up by an extremely repressive society and an, an even more extremely repressive parent, his father. Um, and, you know, culture of uh, the religious culture around repression, which is equally horrible in both in, in Christian and Muslim uh, cultures, and in some others as well, but certainly less so in, in the, the Buddhist religion and in, um, even in Judaism. Judaism is kind of a live and let live, as long as I've got lots of money. <laughs> That seems to be the religion of the, the Jewish faith. As long as I am in charge and I can tell you uh, what to do, then uh, you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> or you can be whoever you want to be. But anyway, um, and the Native American, I, I've heard both positive and negative things about Native Americans dealing with, with sort of freedom to be oneself. Uh, but anyway, um, 
so yes, this this whole culture, and of course, in the larger society, we know, you know, in general, that it's just always been kind of traditional to see um, anyone who is different at all, anyone who is unique and and weird, um, just outside of the the mainstream norm, average, middle. Um, to be dangerous, or at least slightly to be avoided, um, even if it's not necessarily bad, you know. Um, and of course, that would apply to anything from gays and lesbians and transgenders to, you know, geeks, really intelligent people and, and really creative people uh, to, you know, just unusual looking people for any reason. Um, so... Growing up in this society, the more repressed we are, and then the more we're fed this idea of competition as the way to go, and repressing other people as the way to win the zero-sum game, the more we get all of this put together, the more these kinds of people will just show up. We have created these people, and then we want to blame them. I was listening to John Oliver uh, do an interview, uh, do a, an intro to his ep- his show, um, the whatever it is last week tonight, I think it's called. Um, his sort of sort of offshoot of the Daily Show, kind of a comedy but serious news show, um, which I appreciate mostly because he he's very um, proactive on it, and he actually does stuff. He does these projects and creates things and puts them out there. Uh, and and he's fairly effective at a lot of things, um, you know. Plus, just putting the humor in in some of the insanity out there. But I was just horrified when he called—I don't remember exactly what the word was—but it was just a complete insult about this guy, you know, calling him—I don't know—a a dickhead or something, um, jerk. What? It wasn't a jerk. It was something more extreme than that. But and and I've heard someone else say that, you know, insult this poor guy. Clearly this guy was just majorly mentally ill. And insulting someone who is mentally ill does not make make anything better. It makes things worse. Um, Yes, if you need to express yourself and you need to express anger, that's fine. But don't do it in public. Don't do it on, you know, in front of the media and in front of impressionable young people who, who don't really understand things. You know, express that on your own inside the privacy of your home, express your anger in whatever way you need to express it, and then use your more rational sense and come out into the world and say, clearly this person has mental illness. Anybody who does something like this is just absolutely obviously mentally ill. And why are they mentally ill? Because we've made them that way. Our culture, our society, our media, our violent video games, our our violent sports, our you know, violent TV shows and, and, and stories as well as the whole idea of competition being the goal of life and being, you know, putting other people down and harming other people as a way to quote, get ahead in life, um, as the goal. And we've made these people, we've repressed their natural instinct, our natural instinct as social animals, as human beings, to want to be free to be ourselves, to make our own choices, to find our own peak experiences so that we can have that flow, which is what nature has built into our system to 
guide us towards the best things that we can do for the world. What is a flow state? What is this peak experience? It's when you're being creative. It's when you're exploring something truly fascinating that we can bring back and share with the world. It's a good thing. These peak experiences, this, the brain state, where we have pleasurable experiences when our brain says, yes, do more of this. That is our DNA evolution saying this is good for life. This is benefiting the whole of evolution and helping us. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yes, of course, there are some things that can hijack that, any kind of drugs, caffeine, um, alcohol, some of these things can hijack that pleasure system and tell you to keep doing something that's actually not healthy for you. But in general, the idea of the pleasure system, as long as we're, you know, not hijacking it, as long as we're naturally allowing it to flow, then, um, then that's going to tell us what's good for the world. And so we want these people to have peak experiences. And the way that they can have peak experiences is to be free, is to be free to explore and create the kinds of things they themselves uniquely want to explore and create in whatever way makes sense to them so that they're finding that nice middle ground between being overwhelmed, which clearly this guy was, or being too bored, which many other people are, which is why they watch television so much, or play golf. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, so this, this concept of freedom, the second level of Maslow, which is far better stated as the freedom to be oneself, which, as I said on my little sticker, it says a free society is one in which, where it is safe to be unpopular. And another word for unpopular is just weird, abnormal, unusual, slightly outside the, the cultural norms of the day. Um, freedom is the key there. If we're free to be that unpopular, that weird, that whatever, you know, whether it's gay or creative or short or ugly or fat or silly, <laughs> extremely intelligent or whatever, um, it's not a free society unless we are free to be ourselves. So let's focus on that. Let's see if we can, we can use the, the, uh, the media to express that idea that the reason that these horrible atrocities are happening is because people are being repressed and they're not able to be free to be themselves. They're unique, amazing, weird, eccentric, passionate, loving individuals. Freedom is what we need. Freedom is the only thing that can save us. And that freedom is not the kind of freedom that we go to war for. That is the freedom that we go to create and love for. The freedom to be ourselves, the freedom to express ourselves. And that goes for every individual, not just me, not just the United States, not just Islamic State, not just North Korea, not just China, not just the Venezuelans, not just the liberals, not just the conservatives. Every single individual needs to be free to be their unique selves without being repressed, without being excluded from 
society because when we do exclude them, they become violent. Whether that's passive-aggressive violence, like the people in my li- the little tiny libraries around here, or whether that's incredibly active violence with assault weapons. That's what creates violence, the lack of freedom. And the lack of real freedom to be oneself, one's weird, strange, goofy self. I don't know what to do about that right now. I'm just kind of melancholic about this. But... um I keep working at it, and I keep putting putting ideas and artwork and projects out there and hoping that they spark a little bit of something that helps move us towards a more beautiful, collaborative, civilized, amazing planet. Okay, I'm going to leave you with that. If you need to contact me for any reason, uh, my email is thewiseturtle at gmail.com. It's T-H-E-W-I-S-E-T-U-R-T-L-E dot com. And my Reddit uh, place where I hang out, I am Turl, T-U-R-I-L, on Reddit. So if you go to www.reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T dot com slash user, U-S-E-R slash Turl, T-U-R-I-L, you will find all of my posts there. And you can also find my blog at turl.org, T-U-R-I-L dot O-R-G, and that will send you to my blog where this podcast is hosted. Okay, I will leave you with that and wish for all the world that you are free to be yourself because yourself has something amazing inside of it. And that world needs that to come out. Namaste.